Living Holistically Well with Dr. Annette West. Again, we will have a myriad of topics, interviews, and engaging words of thought to share with you this season. The purpose of this show is to help us build up our minds, our bodies, and our spirits. And I just want to give a shout out to Creative Common for allowing the show the use of their jazz instrumental, Smooth Jazz. Now, let's get started with Dr. Annette West's topic for today. Dr. Annette West here. It's another week in our world on living holistically well. We are always excited to have a new voice on the show and this week. I am bringing to you Katie Dale. I really like the fact that Katie is talking about a subject, not one that I have personally dealt with, but one that I have dealt with a lot of people who have um, really had some some issues going on in their life where they, um, we just call it what it is, some mental issues that needed to be addressed. And so, um, she, um, I like the fact that um, she's taking her life and she's sharing it with us. She's going to share it with us in her book. And so on today, um, first, let us in, let us welcome Katie to the show. Welcome, Katie. Thank you, Dr. West. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes. So um, before we talk about the book, I want you to just share a little bit about yourself that would help us to understand how we how you got to this point of wanting to write this book. Sure. Um, so I've always been a creative inherently and I've always written. And um, after the life experiences I've had uh, that are in the book, um, I was about 25 years old when I decided to start blogging on the experiences I had in the past. So I'm now 32 and have been blogging for that long um, to give my perspective personally and professionally on my mental health, um, which includes a mental illness diagnosis. So um, I've been writing about that and decided to write a book. I started writing the book actually when I was 21, uh, but part two didn't happen until 24. So if you're following me, um, I completed the book this year and finally <laughs> at 31 and 32. Um, but now I have uh, the story that encompasses the uh, manifestation of the illness at 16 years old. And when I went again into an episode at 24, when I went off my medicine and how I 
through uh, medical treatment and good therapy and good support for my family, uh, got the care that I needed to come back into reality and onto a healthy mind frame. Okay, so you, you said here that, um, that I hear people say often, um, I felt like I didn't need it. Like mm-hmm. medication was there, but I felt like it wasn't doing what it needed to do. Or I felt like I didn't want to take it all the time. Mm-hmm. Or I, I could figure this out on my own. And in, in your process with that, did you find that it created more issues for you? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Um, so what's common with those with a diagnosis like I have with serious mental illness, which is like bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, schizoaffective disorder. Those are the serious, severe, like 5% of the population, you know, more rare, but um, more intense. Um, We tend to actually have a condition called anisognosia. Big long-term basically just means lack of insight. So when we're on our medicine or when we're off, we don't realize we have that condition. Uh, Part of it when we're on our medicine is like, oh, well, the medicine is working. It's doing its job. We feel good. Let's go off. You know, that's the mistake I made, which is very common uh, with that population. So, yeah, it definitely made a bigger mess after I went off. Um, I went and and ended up being hospitalized again for about two two months on and off in a secured lockdown unit in two different hospitals. Um, And... The symptoms came back very severely. The episode was because uh, my diagnosis is bipolar disorder type one, mm-hmm. have more mania, which is ups, and feeling high and euphoric and grandiose, which also has, uh, in my case, a lot of psychosis features. Uh, so I would hear voices or see things that weren't there and have a stronger sensitivity to the spiritual realm too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so going off the medicine definitely made a bigger mess and going back on uh, to what I was on for eight years between 16 and 24, going back on that brought me back out of that hallucinatory delusional mind frame back to reality. You, you said, um, you said, um, a few minutes ago that you had you had family you had support mm-hmm. you had all of this so in the process of you going through this um breakdown going through everything that you were going through were your parents were your family members still there for you all the way through no matter what the engagement was uh Yes, and to different degrees. So I was married at 24 for three years by then to my husband. We were living a thousand miles from my parents, who at 16, you know, they were there for me at that point in that episode. Mm -hmm. Um, When we first went through it, my parents were always there for me. Um, But they couldn't be when I was 24, when I was an adult. And my husband, not familiar with my symptoms because I was steady when we met and taking my medicine. Uh, but he was there for me too. It's just the actual manifestation of the symptoms came on so quickly 
so unexpectedly and in such a way that he wasn't sure what it was. You know, there was a little uncertainty, like, what's going on with her? He did go away for a month for his um, military duties. And that's when I decided to go off the meds completely. So he came back to a delusional life where he thought it was a, a, uh, you know, emotional disturbance in him being gone. And my, you know, his returning was like just a little, you know, uh, disturbance in that. Um, But he was there for me. It just took us a while (laughs) because I was a little delusional because he was unfamiliar with it to realize, oh, she needs a hospital. You know, at this point, it got so spiraled out of control so much that I I did beg him to take me to the hospital and he was a little reluctant because he wasn't familiar with the process. Never been through anything like it before. Uh, But however, they were there for me when I called them, whenever I would, you know, my parents were there when I called them. Um, to talk to them but when i was going off and beginning to consider it they did encourage me to stay on the meds they said no i don't think you're you know processing this right and in fact when i was talking to my doctor my psychiatrist during this time uh, the same time when i was you know 24 and going off the meds i, I told her look doctor you know you even call my mom because I had just visited them, my parents, on a vacation. So you can even talk to my mom. She, you know, I, did, I wanted to clear myself of any, uh, you know, bias. And uh, she called my mom and my mom, she said, you know, look, doctor, I agree with what you think she should do. Um, and if that means staying on the medicine, you're for that. But I was very stubborn also. So I went off the meds even though the doctor said you know we probably keep you on them but I'm not responsible the doctor said herself I'm not responsible for if you go off then if you end up in jail or whatever happens and I heard that and I still went off them so I did end up in the psych ward yeah so um you know your 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 plight your story it's not it's not un- it's not an unusual story because like you said, five percent, five percent of the population. And we know that a, a, a large number of women tend to also have have these issues. Um, <laughs> what would you since you've been there, you've been to that brink and back, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what would you tell someone who's look watching this or listening to this? Um, what would you tell them? in respect to their being on medication and wanting to get off, what would you tell them? Always talk to your doctor, your psychiatrist, who's prescribing the medicine. Um, Consider, you know, that the medicine is there for a reason. Um, Yes, I recognize there's camps of people that are suspicious of big pharma or um, want to go holistically or, or, or natural remedies. And that's, you know, they're welcome to their opinion. Um, in the severe mental illness population, though, the 5%, uh, if we are untreated, um, left to our own vices, kind of, so to speak, um, without that proper medicine and, and oversight by the doctor, we tend to unravel 
much worse. And the longer things go untreated, the worse they get, the harder they get back to a normal or a healthy mind frame. So I would really caution anyone who's considering going off of their meds. Now, I, um, I have friends and I've no, known people that have gone off of their meds, you know, gradually. That's, you know, their prerogative or they take a lot of health um, supplements. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me personally, my dosage and, treat, you know, prescribed medicine uh, is so effective that I'm more normally, you know, able to function on it than I've ever been off of it. Uh, I've been taking it for the majority of my life now, but I mean, since 16 years old when I was first diagnosed, um, I've been able to function at a better rate than before that, um, and especially during the episodes. So I so, think... Uh, mm-hmm. well, the reality is that people, I think I was reading um, in your content where um, usually some of the first diagnosis or first noticing of this bipolar, some of these other things is normally when people are in a teenage or teenage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know that I've talked to some people who would just say, oh, they're, they're just, they're just being a teenager, you know, and mm-hmm. even though really acting out and the way that they were acting out was not a normal acting out, they were still trying to rationalize it as normal teenage behavior. But um, would you say um, better um, to be wise than sorry later and have them um, go and speak to someone to kind of see where they are? Yeah, at least speak to a medical mental health professional. Yeah, because there's so many. Yes, there's hormones. There's so many changes at that age, and especially today with you know, social media screen devices and things that complicate and really layer upon layer um, to speak to somebody with the background, the training and the certification to deal with that is advantageous by far. Um, A typical, you know, parent may not be able to hear or approach their son or daughter uh, in a way that the son or daughter, especially in a in a mentally ill mind frame, may be able to express their concerns that they trust their parents enough, or maybe even if they do, they don't know how to express it. And I, I couldn't, I was in a healthy, uh, you know, really stable home. Mm-hmm. I had no trauma I had no past, you know, abuse or anything like that. It was genetically, you know, hereditarily that, uh, I ended up with this and, you know, my parents didn't know what to do. So they did bring me to the doctor and the therapist and the psychiatrist. And that was the best help they could have done. So, yeah, I do recommend that for parents. You, you, you said, you know, because we have, we have the spiritual realm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have faith walk that, that, that people are supposed to have. And there are mm-hmm. some that say, um, don't claim it, you know. Um, don't don't say you have that. Hmm. And I know you've um, talked to people, you've coached people, you've worked with people who've gone through other things. Do you hmm. find that um, it's better to ensure that people have enough information to kind of get an understanding of what's going on instead of just kind of like passing it by and just allowing it to just kind of 
just kind of float to the wayside? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, so educating yourself on this, on the different illnesses or on the, you know, different um, mental health conditions there are is going to give you a, a leg up, you know, to see what might be the source or the cause of certain behaviors. Um, also considering that it's, it may be a easier to dismiss it as, oh, you know, that's just somebody acting out for attention or that's a learned behavior, really understanding where they're coming from. And, uh, there's also, there's, there's a, we're approaching this age, day and age where there's technology, there's brain scans, there's, you know, more brain disease proof and evidence based, you know, science that, will lead us in that direction, especially in the future, where we're going to be able to like pinpoint, yeah, this is an exact science. Uh, right now it's a science because there's, you know, applied science where you're looking at the behaviors and the observations of the person. Um, and there is scans you can do that people have done, you know, to study the brain in, the, in, their, in their stages of illness. Um, so yes, it's a science, but yeah, you, you got to look at it like, education and become aware of what the symptoms are and what diagnosis have what symptoms so that you can have a diagnosis if you need to have a diagnosis um because yeah and the other thing was when i got my diagnosis at 16 they didn't want to label that they didn't want to officially diagnose because oh we, we don't know where it's a youth and they're still leery about that you know now in 30 uh, I meant 2020, you know, I'm, I'm an adult now. They, they probably would have diagnosed me at 21 or so, but I, I did inherently know that I was bipolar after looking at the DSM, which is the diagnostic statistic manual and reading the descriptions of that illness. So I, I somewhat self-diagnosed, but I also had the doctor there, um, and I've since told the doctors, look, I, I have bipolar disorder with psychotic features. That's explaining my behaviors and my thoughts and my pro- thought processes. Um, so yeah, it, having a diagnosis is not bad. It's not, you know, the answer, but it's it's helping you identify the cause, and it explains. It doesn't excuse, but it explains those behaviors. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important to understand. Mm-hmm. What's- on with people and not to make um, snap judgments and, and uh, mm-hmm. have opinions and thought processes about this type. Well, any issue, but especially when it comes to um, mental health, it's been such a t- taboo subject for so long that you know, you know, people used to have the crazy uncle, but nobody would talk. Mm-hmm. With mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Crazy uncle got crazier and crazier until mm-hmm. the uncle did something that harmed somebody then all of a sudden mm-hmm. like, oh well I know that you know I thought they had an issue and it should have been addressed so in mm-hmm. experience and, and in dealing with people can you just share with us maybe a couple of practical ways that someone who um, is connected uh, to a person and they mm-hmm. think something's not right what are some practical things that they could do maybe? yeah and and it's um, 
maybe based on your relationship with them. So if you're a family member, relative or friend, um, you know, approach your relationship as you would any other. Um, and hopefully as you have been, you know, out of love and concern for them, um, which you, what I typically do is advise people to ask open-ended questions. Um, definitely not judging, um, you want to get a feel for where they're coming from. You know, what's driving them to act this way? Why do they feel so passionate about this? Or why do they feel so depressed about this? But affirm their feelings. Secondly, affirm and validate how they're feeling. You know, don't dismiss their emotions because that can cut off your rapport with them. Um, definitely we want to be heard in that state of mind. We want to be understood. We want to be believed, even though things may not be what they, you know, are in real life. In our real life, it's real. Uh, I learned that mistake, you know, not only because I've been in a hallucinatory delusional state and you, you, what you hear is real because I do believe on a certain level, spiritually unseen, it is real. But to everybody else, of course, it's not real. I, I've learned, don't say, oh, to you it seems real. Because, you know, that they'll shut down your conversation and they won't trust you. Uh, but also, um, you know, just keep asking questions out of concern, but out of curiosity to see how they're doing. If they do admit to you know, they're feeling down, they're feeling depressed. Don't be afraid to ask them, you know, are you thinking about killing yourself? A lot of, um, that is a myth that thinking that if you bring it up, they'll start thinking about it. If they're already exhibiting those signs and behaviors that they're down, they're isolating, they're quiet, you know, more than usual. They're probably already thinking about, or it's not, a, it's not a, too far from the of a stretch to bring that into the conversation because once you can address that and they say, Oh yeah, actually, you know, I don't want to live. It's not usually because they want to die. It's because they just want to escape this feeling and um, you can get them help from there on out. You know, if they do say I have a plan, you call 911, um, you know, get them to a safe place away from any, you know, uh, potential harm or any, uh, way they could hurt themselves. And yeah, I mean, um, talk about with them how they're feeling. Um, you don't have to say anything at times, you know, you can just be there with them. Um, now, if we're on the other end of things, we're manic and we're talking fast and we have these grandiose thoughts and we're thinking, oh my gosh, this is the best time ever um, because that bipolar and schizoaffective disorder you know, we have those things. Um, you can try to bring them down a little bit, um, approaching it, you know, meet them where they're at with their enthusiasm, but also, you know, it. Don't, try not to say things that might set them off. Like, you know, oh, you haven't taken your meds. Are you taking your meds? You know, like, or if they I don't have meds and they, they've never, or they self-medicated, you know, just, avoid that area of conversation. Um, but really try to understand, you know, are they off, you know, uh, some degree of 
of a healthy, normal um, mind frame, because in that state of mind, um, you can still reason with people, but it is harder um, when you're in that state of mind. And for loved ones dealing with those who are in the, you know, manic, irritable even state, if that's not treated, if that goes untreated, it gets worse, you know, um, can go into a, a violent stage or a tendency to want to lash out physically. Uh, that happened to me and it does happen to those who are left untreated um, in cases, not all, but yeah, there's still a potential there. Mm-hmm. So let me ask, let me ask you a personal question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, as a faith walker and believer, mm-hmm. you still have this issue. I yes, you still mm-hmm. have some disconnects. You're working on it. You're you're taking medication. You're understanding mm-hmm. things of how to help you to be strong day by day. Have you mm-hmm. found that a relationship with Jesus has made mm-hmm. a difference in your walk? Yes, uh, absolutely. So right now, and since I've been taking my medicine, I've had. Uh, it has taken a huge load off for the illness because um, the exact dosage I'm on has just been a blessing and answer to my prayers. I feel like I'm healed, in, if you will, where I'm not dealing with symptoms, I'm not dealing with side effects of the medicine, and that's rare. But um, even when I was sick, in my sickness, I... I believe, yes, because I have the Holy Spirit, because I have Jesus in me. He, um, you know, has created a heart in me where I did not want to hurt anybody and did not want to lash out and didn't have a um, darkness or a lack of understanding and light in my life. I had answers to my spiritual and mental um, sickness that I was in because I had Jesus, because I had the Bible and his word. And when I was in the hospital, you know, I was confused a lot and I think I was oppressed a lot, mm-hmm. but I wasn't to the point where I could not rely on him for strength off, you know, my own strength, because I had no strength at that point, especially in the illness. So, um, I relied on his strength and on his word. And yes, there was times where I slipped up where I, like I slapped my husband out of, you know, an irrational bout. Um, I I don't think I did anything else physical to anybody to harm them or myself. You know, um, in fact, when I was 16 and I was depressed, because at 24 I wasn't as depressed, but at 16 I was very suicidal thinking, wanted to end my life and end the pain. Um, I went to the cabinet in the kitchen where the Tylenol was. I'd heard, oh, if you take a bottle of Tylenol, you couldn't die by that. So I went up there when I was very depressed. I looked at the bottle in my hands and I heard a still small voice saying in my heart, you don't have to do this. That was not me. That was the Lord, you know, his Holy Spirit. And I put it back and I was like, okay, but what do I do now? You know, but he has always shepherded me through that valley. He's the good shepherd. I've known his voice. He's 
brought me out of that darkness and was always there with me. So I feel like that makes a huge difference in the person's life is when they have the Lord, they have their, you know, creator there with them, in them, guiding them. And when we make mistakes and mess up, he's there to, you know, help raise us up again. So um, in that confusion in the mental illness, it's especially, I think it makes a difference because those who don't have the Lord are still in their darkness struggling and you know they need that too so the um when when i'm listening when i'm listening to all of this and i'm listening Mm -hmm. about the lord um Mm -hmm. talking about how if a person is young and they have cancer people say oh my god they have cancer and they they you know they just they just feel so they feel so bad for them and then the person uh, goes into remission and then it comes back. Oh my God, they feel so they feel so bad for them, or they have a tumor and they feel so bad for them. Mm-hmm. But then, I, and I've noticed this listening to people talk sometimes is a person who has a mental illness, right? They have a mental illness. They have this mental illness. They're trying to process through it. There's different seasons of it. There's times of remission. Mm-hmm. But that people will say they should be over it by now. Um, why are they still going through the same thing? But an illness means that there is something that is disjointed or disconnected within a person's mind or body. And so mm-hmm. I think um, where where you where you were talking about how we could um, people need to be more informed about this, and then maybe when they are more informed, they won't be so quick to judge one illness from another illness. And they will see them all as illness, but also see your example that even though you have an illness, because you have the Savior and you have the Holy Spirit, you realize that no matter what you're going through, the Spirit is there always to lead you and guide you. And your relationship is still intact, although you have this illness. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, Dr. Weiss, you're right. Um, I've grappled with that on and I think the confusion where we're stuck with this mental illness is because it is kind of hidden, like right where our minds are, our brains are organs, just like the rest of our body. But we have the seat of our emotions and will and mind and spiritual all in the same organ. Right. So it's like, how do you distinguish one from the other? Because emotional is not the same as a spiritual realm. Is not the same as the physical, et cetera, et cetera. But yes, I think um, having the Lord to um, give us his truth and to set that clarity and to know his words that he's in us and he's greater than the, the one in the world and to know his scripture and to know that we're set apart, you know, for his kingdom. It's just it's uh, a freeing thing and with our minds it's still the final frontier you know we still have yet to discover how they work and that's that's why i find a lot of confusion or a lot of misunderstanding even for myself i don't understand it all um but it comes from yes we have the emotional the mental and the spiritual all in the same seat of the organ of the brain and it's like how do you distinguish how do you determine was that somebody just you know, grappling with sin and behaviors of, you know, a sinful choice, or is it their mental illness? Um, And to that, I say, you know, look 
at their story. Um, look at their testimony. And if they're saved, they're born again. You know, we're, we're always going to struggle with sins throughout our life as Christians, right? Um, but is the source of it a spiritual sin or is the source of it a mental cognitive shortcoming and it's not even really for us to judge in the end i mean we love them anyway right we love we love everybody regardless of their behavior but we we try to find healthy ways to deal with those behaviors and not put boundaries up or to establish good healthy relationships with them so yeah it's it's a little like untangling a web or a ball of yarn Mm-hmm. But yeah, there there is a distinction between the emotional and the spiritual, the mental. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we talked about being able to share part of your journey with us, and this has been really great. What you have shared, and I know it's going to benefit. It's benefiting me just listening and giving me some insight as I'll be dealing with more people. Um, mm-hmm. And so um, I know that you're working. I said at the beginning we would talk about this before mm-hmm. we got. Um, mm-hmm. I, working on the book and your book is called but deliver me from crazy um great title that's like a title that will jump off the shelf um deliver yeah. from, from crazy and i think all of us are crazy at some point <laughs> you know, I think all of us are you know got issues some may just right. have issues than others you know maybe yeah. our didn't go to that extreme but we, mm-hmm. all, we all have, have something mm-hmm. different times but I wanted you to, um, I know the book is going to be coming out soon. So mm-hmm. I wanted to let everybody know um, where they can get the book, when it's going to hit uh, the stores. I believe it's in in March. But mm-hmm. um, I want to make sure that they get that information. And um, I know that um, the Lord is using you mightily in this season. And your testimony is so powerful. And it's really going to help so many more people than you've already helped. And I think sometimes when we go through things, we don't want people to know what we're going through. But mm-hmm. if we don't ever tell anybody about our stories, about our heartbreak, about our life struggles, then we don't have a testimony to share to the world for them to see that even in the midst of, God is still yet great. God is still a deliverer. God, oh, yeah. God, God's healing power gets you through it. Even though that issue may not be gone, God's healing power mm-hmm. still gets you through. And so you're you're a walking testimony mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. 20, you know? And mm-hmm. I think we mentioned early on was the, the uh, social media mm-hmm. is impacting so many people because so many people are vested into it. And mm-hmm. that's begins to become a part of reality uh, to a lot of our people in general, but a lot of our Mm -hmm. young people who are Mm -hmm. very young and tender ages, easy to Mm -hmm. be confused and led astray Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. receive what somebody's saying on social media as a truth for them. Um, But I see your story is going Mm -hmm. to be able to help them Mm -hmm. to to come to the Mm -hmm. realization that um, you still need to look within mm-hmm. yourself about what mm-hmm. it is you're going through and why are you responding to that particular thing. And so um, I'm looking forward to fully reading. Mm-hmm. I read the preview that you gave mm-hmm. me, but, um, but um, 
I would say maybe like in another month or two, I really would come back to the show and mm -hmm. we eat, like do some questions mm -hmm. about the book and share mm -hmm. with the listeners because I know that what you have is a great benefit to a lot of people, even if it's somebody who themselves is not going through it. It's a great mm -hmm. reason that mm -hmm. someone use to help someone else as they are going through. Um, and so I want you to, before we close, um, I want you to share with us a takeaway from your life journey and this book and how it's going to benefit those from your perspective who are watching and listening. That's a great question. I, my aim with writing this book um, has mostly been to help people with the same mind mindset as me thinking, oh, I can just pray it away or, you know, it's not really illness. It's a sin thing. Or I, I want people to understand no, that you can't just pray it away and that, you know, it is wise to seek medical mental health professionals. Um, that is the bottom line where, where my journey through the hospitals as, as hard as they were, that's where my healing process really, uh, how do I say it, um, manifested or, you know, took hold was when I, I called on Jesus, but also started cooperating with them, with the mental health professionals, taking the medicine, going to therapy and making those efforts, you know, to recognize it for what it was because I did deny and I did choose to not believe I had it, um, in between, you know, when I was going off the meds and that, led me back into the hospital. So yeah, recognize that it is an illness and that it does need, you know, that attention, that care. And I hope people will, will you know, understand that after they've read the book. I'm sure they will. <laughs> how can they follow you? Do you have a Facebook page, a website or somewhere where you are sharing information that they can come and be a part of? If Absolutely. We know the book is going to be on Amazon when it's out in March, um, but share how they can also get in touch with you. Yes, so you can reach me on my blog. My site is bipolarbrave.com. The email through that is katie, K-A-T-I-E, at bipolarbrave.com. And any social media outlet, most of the big ones, you know, LinkedIn, Facebook, Pinterest, uh, Instagram, I'm on at Katie R. Dale. And that's my social media handle. And I use that across the board. Yep. Yeah. And so, Kate, this was so good. I was like, I don't even want to end it. That's Me too. And talk, and talk again. Such a, such a great connection. But I just want to know, want you to know how much I appreciate you on the show today. Oh, thank you, Dr. West. It's been a real pleasure because you're you're a great host. I've I've been I felt so you know easy to talk to you. So yes, it's well, been great. I appreciate that. <laughs>
As we close, I want to thank you for tuning in. Please subscribe on your favorite platform so you will receive notifications for this show. Share a comment and give a five-star rating. Join the mailing list at DrAnnetteWestMinistries.org. And while there, check out what's going on in our world. Also, purchase a copy of Dr. West's newest book, Holistic Wellness, Mind, Body, Spirit, on DrAnnetteWestMinistries.org and Amazon. Don't forget to follow Dr. West on social media.